<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey folks, the holidays are here and you know what that means. Gifts, of course. And what better gift to give a guy than a stylish shirt that fits him just right? You know, I've always been on Team Untuck It. Even before Untuck It existed, I couldn't stand having all that material bunched up in my pants. Uh, So whenever I could, I'd keep my shirts untucked. You know, all that fabric out of my pants. The only problem is that so many shirts look gigantic and baggy when untucked, but untucked shirts are specifically designed to be worn untucked. This is the shirt men are looking for. Untucked is the original untucked button-down shirt. No tucking, no tailoring. Buying shirts used to make me crazy because I have an unusual body type, but now problem solved. I love my untucked shirts because they fit my body like a glove and, and no wads of fabric in my pants. Their shirts fit because they make one for every kind of guy, tall like me, short, slim, athletic, and guys of every age. And the website to get that fit is so so easy to use untucked shirts come in 50 different fits they have mine they'll have one for your guy in your life untucked has shirts and wrinkle-free fabrics along with super soft flannels outerwear and more they even offer free shipping and free returns on all u.s orders and for the holidays you can get 20 percent off your first purchase at untucked.com with the promo code b-o-b-c don't put this off go now to untucked.com or visit one of the 50 untucked stores in the u.s and canada and try one on for yourself if you want the perfect fitting shirt no matter your size or shape try the original untucked shirt untuck it and don't forget to use the promo code bobc to get 20 percent off your first purchase at untuckit.com and now let the cartoons begin broadcasting from resistance headquarters relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables never give up never surrender this is the bob seska show presented by bubblegenius.com can i show you something I was just uh, smelling, smiling. I was just blouse browsing. <laughs> for your wife or your girlfriend? What? What happened? <laughs> Oof. Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. Oof, it is warm in here. Well, you have right. your coat on. Yes. Oh, do I? How did that happen? Because it's cold out? Yes. Yes. It is. It's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> what did I say? Nipple? <laughs> Uh, there is a nip in the air, though. Can I take something out for you? <laughs> I was just looking at something for my wife. God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, she's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. She's history. <laughs> and obviously she doesn't wear underwear. <laughs> there are plenty of shopping days left until adultery's adulthood, which is to say Christmas as a mule. 
fuel log. Not a log. I don't have a log, but I mean, you know, just, if I had a log, not in the sense that you think I said I did. <laughs> oh, good golly. Tis the season to be merry. Well, that's my name. No oh, sh. Bob Seska. This is a full blown four alarm holiday emergency here. The Bob Seska Show. Yeah, that's almost problematic. Almost. I said almost problematic. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, December 3, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest soap ever. They sponsor the show. Didn't you know that? Yeah, Bubble Genius. BubbleGenius.com. Buy lots of soap there. And, uh, oh, by the way, my name is Bob. What's up? Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1048 of the Trump crisis. Day 73 of the impeachment of Donald Trump. 335 days until the 2020 presidential election. And, oh, let's bring him in, my good friend, Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, he's he's Bob. I'm Buzz. And we are the overseas travel agents for Devin Nunes. <laughs> Making make yeah. pretty good money at it too. Yeah, sure. Uh, I understand you had a, an interesting Thanksgiving this year, and I, I did. I'm eager to hear about it. I know we will in a second. I just want to say I spent I spent mine decompressing. I, I really really needed that week off. I was uh, so stressed out over everything. Uh-huh. I, I was I was starting to lose my arguments with the cats. <laughs> the cat, your cat can actually say fake news. It's kind of amazing. Cat, cats are very smart, Bob. Yes, they. Are. Uh, over the holiday, Rudy Giuliani said he had, uh, ins- this. I thought this was interesting, he said he had insurance in case Trump throws him under the bus. Uh, <laughs> now, he seems to be hinting he has something on Trump, and I'm not buying it. Uh, what could Rudy possibly know that would make us think Trump's a bad person? He's got something. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's like much he, more. Like, like he's going to change our minds now? <laughs> Uh, you know, Bob, I, I'm fed up with Republicans saying, uh, you, I don't know if you're fed up, I am, with the Republicans saying Ukraine interfered with our 2016 election. Yeah. When everybody knows it was really Canada. I I heard that, man, that Trudeau. God damn it. I, they, they seem polite. Uh <laughs> Did you did you shop did you shop the Black Friday or the Cyber Monday? Did you have you done any uh, holiday shopping over the weekend at all? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Oh. I but I haven't either. But I already know what I'm getting everybody for Christmas. I, I my problem, my concern, my challenge, my hurdle, if you will, this year is the gift wrapping. Uh, I I mean, how do you wrap articles of impeachment? <laughs> because. It's the gift that keeps on giving. That's I love what it. you're getting. <laughs> I That's know. what you're getting. Thank you. You know, thank you in advance for that. I, I'm looking forward to it, even though I know, and I and you shouldn't you shouldn't reveal your presence no. uh, before you, no. you get them, but I'm happy to hear about that one. Um yeah, I had a I had a great Thanksgiving week, uh, uh time <laughs> off. I uh, a couple things happened during my Thanksgiving break, uh, Buzz. First thing I did was I decided Thursday morning, first thing on Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. Day to just dive into the gigantic hive of Yang Gang people on Twitter. And that was uh, that made for an interesting several hours or days, as the case may be, in which I criticized Andrew Yang, as I am want to do often. And uh, this time around, for some reason, I guess all of the Yang Gang people finally noticed. And I was, oh, my God, I was mobbed by thousands of Yang Gang, Andrew are there Yang really, supporters. Yeah. Are there really thousands of them? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, really, uh, you're picking on a guy who has like 3%. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of it was shocking, and I think the reason I brought it up in the first place is I uh, saw a national poll, and I usually don't pay attention to the national polls, but I saw right. a national poll where Andrew Yang was, I believe, ahead of uh, Kamala Harris, who has now dropped out. By the way, out, that's one yeah, of the uh, yeah. the news items from just before we started the show. I I will be dropping out later today. <laughs> I'm already dropped out. I'm way ahead of you. But the fact is that uh, in this national poll, Andrew Yang was leading uh, both Kamala Harris and Amy Klobuchar, which I think was uh, an absolute travesty because, well, I think uh, my views on Andrew Yang are quite clear to everybody. And if you want to know more about that, well, just go to my Twitter timeline. I share those views, by the way. The Yang cult was amazing and amazing in the worst ways. But one of those ways is... My God, they're organized, Buzz. They are so organized. Every single one of them had a little blue hat next to their name on Twitter, which was completely unlike the Trumpers, completely unlike the Red Hats. These are blue hats, <laughs> which is completely unlike the Trump supporters, right? And they almost every single one to a person either told me that I need to buy Andrew Yang's book on Amazon, and they included the Amazon link with that, and that I needed to listen to all of the podcasts that he's been a guest on. And these things combined are supposed to explain to me how this guy is possibly qualified to be president of the United States, even though he's barely qualified to do a TED Talk. But that's that's a whole I, other story. I, I, well, I don't know. I thought he did actually surprisingly well uh, in the last debate, uh, certainly better than he had done previously. Uh, and, and I find him interesting. I, yeah. I do like to listen to him. And there is some sense to some of what he says, but what you and I totally agree on is that he is in no way qualified to be president of the United States. Oh, you're States. right. You're right. Our, our biggest pitfall, well, gosh, it's hard to pick one favorite, but our biggest pitfall with Trump is here's a guy who was elected because, and now we're suffering because, he has no knowledge of government. That's right. And 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 I don't think Andrew Yang, although he understands finance very well, I don't know that he's any more qualified or much more qualified. Well, one of the reasons we choose candidates who happen to have electoral politics experience is because it tells us, and this is in the context of a primary campaign, tells us that that candidate has won an election before, which is kind of important if you're running for uh, you know, a post well, where you run for uh, office for the first time. I want to see those people kind of win an election at a lower level, at a less consequential level first before they decide to throw their hats into the ring for the presidency. And we've got also, we're way off on this tangent with candidates now because of, well, partly because of Trump, partly because of some others, but mainly because of Trump that we believe that any candidate who has some ideas that we happen to like, suddenly that candidate is presidential material. And I don't know how the hell that happened. I don't know where we went astray. Kardashian factor. <laughs> yeah, that's one hundred percent the Kardashian to, factor. To an extent, listen, we uh, uh, people holders of office uh, traditionally, for the most part, have been people who they started as uh, high school debate geeks. Yeah, and and then they became uh, government geeks in, mm-hmm. in in college, and they studied law and they studied uh, the government. And uh, they did this in a quite serious fashion and got into 
uh, this sort of service because that's what they like to do. That's what they wanted to do. Yeah. And they had great respect for the process and the institutions. You may not have agreed with their views on things, but they all approached it kind of that same way for the most part. Yeah. And now it is more of a popularity contest where uh, people don't... Uh, I have a, a, a friend in the middle, uh, you know, an ind- we'll call him an independent voter, mm-hmm. uh, who, who <laughs> One of keeps those. saying... He, he keeps saying, uh, well, he's a businessman. Yeah. You mean after all this time with the bankruptcies and the lawsuits, and you still think he's with the, nobody will lend him except the German bank that launders Russian it. money? You think this is a businessman? Yeah. You know, but uh, so, again, what we're up against. But but I, I have some very optimistic news. I've, I may plug my newscast this week. It will begin with uh, a knockdown, I hope, of all the negative things that we hear uh, about why this isn't going to work and why this is all going to end oh, in great. tragedy and doom. And I hope to give, you know, some hope. There's some, I've, I've learned some fascinating things about impeachment and, and uh, uh, you know, what lies ahead mm-hmm. and what's possible. And I couldn't be more encouraged. And it was kind of from that starting point that I that I started writing this week's news, which has turned out to be like a, a spy novel, a page-turner spy novel. <laughs> oh, God, I and can't wait. Y- you know how you read a book? I mean, I, I don't mean to go nuts here, but you know how you read a book and you you can't put it down because you're just riveted to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't been able to get up from the type, you know, from the keyboard. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to get up from typing to to walk away from this because I am totally sucked in uh, to one mind-blowing thing after another. Yeah, really. Uh, there's a lot going on here, but at the same time, I, I think uh, we're very optimistic. I think what I'd say to, you know, people I'm calling chicken little Democrats, people who say, oh, we're just screwed, we're doomed. Uh, if we go this way, this mm-hmm. is going to happen. If we go this way, and there's a lot of uh, speculating about what might happen. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't know. It would be one thing I would say, but the other is that there, there's there's quite a lot out there that uh, will unfold yet, uh, yeah. and, and you know I've seen I've seen that happen. Uh, I, I I have every reason to be very optimistic here. Yeah, well, you know, this week I think especially we kind of need to hear it. I'm feeling a little pessimistic these days. Just sure, coming out just the it. past 24 hours alone, and I, I think we could all use a uh, pep talk along those lines. Buzz Burbank standing in front of a gigantic flag doing a, <laughs> uh, a patent speech. I think it'd be perfect. What What I want everybody to know is I get it. Oh, I I understand yeah, yeah. why you're feeling pessimistic. And I, I got to thinking about the movie Gaslight. Gaslight and and the fact that we talk about gaslighting in the modern. This is a movie from like 1940, 1944. Yeah. Uh, about a guy's effort through lies and deception and repeated lies to drive someone crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens? It drives them crazy. You know. <laughs> I mean. Uh, at, yeah. So we have we have to be careful not to let the gaslighting we have endured and continue mm-hmm. to endure. Uh, make us crazy, and I think sometimes we're just we're constantly braced for the worst. I, I say with all due respect, uh, uh, things. Uh, here's what I would say: uh, Yes, things are bad. Yes, I see that things are very, very bad. But it's not the same as being doomed, right? You know, I, I, I we, yes, we're in very serious trouble, but we're not screwed. Again, I need to hear this because uh, going back to my Andrew Yang story on Twitter, is I feel like right. uh, I'm sorry. I was, yes. well, no, no, it's fine. I was just I was observing all these Yang supporters, all the Yang gang yes. people behaving like Trumpers. I was like, oh my god, the Trumpism virus cult has infected the left. The, the cult yeah. of personality, one hundred percent. That's the best way to describe what I was experiencing the other day. It was just an right. onslaught of the person 
personality cult. It was one of us, one of us, one of us. It felt just like that movie. And I yeah, was right I, in the middle of it. It was scary. I observed, I observed a little of this. You're, you're constantly getting into scraps and scrapes. <laughs> I see this I know, constantly. I, uh, and and I, I, generally, I generally pretty much st- stay out of it. You know, I think yeah. I did make a comment about uh, tell Mr. 3% to pipe down. <laughs> Uh, Which is perfect, know. perfect, perfect. <laughs> you know, but but otherwise that was it. I was out of that thread. You know, I I, I had nothing more to do with that because uh, I I just don't care to get into those. But you you seem to, you're yeah. you're like you're like a guy who likes bar fights. Only you do it on the internet <laughs> again, man. Uh, I, they keep ringing the bell, so I keep making all the stops, just like Kramer on the bus, right? Um, I get it. I get it. The other thing that happened to me, Buzz, just a, a brief sideline from, yes, from politics please. here. But, man, I, please. you know, every once in a while I do stupid things. It may not seem true no. by the sound of my voice, but I do. No one's Somet- going to believe this. <laughs> Sometimes I do stupid shit. Saturday morning was one of those days where I my, I was at my mom's house for uh, an overnight, uh, Friday into, into Saturday morning with my brothers and, and my niece and, and their dog. And it was great, great. Cool time uh saturday morning i wasn't even drunk i wasn't stoned there was nothing in my system except a good night's sleep and so i'm walking down the stairs and uh from the upstairs bedrooms and the stairs go down you know obviously there's the floor of the the, the second floor that's right uh-huh. there on the edge so it's like a ledge as you're going a down landing. the stairs. a landing yeah, yeah you can grab yeah. onto or you can touch or at least i can because i'm tall as i'm walking down the stairs so i decided here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna grab that ledge as i'm walking Uh down the stairs and i'm gonna try to do a pull-up by just hanging off that ledge uh without (laughs) grabbing anything specific just hanging as if i was hanging Uh off of a cliff or something just Uh by the tips of my fingers which is something to be perfectly honest with you and i'm not bragging when i say this i can actually do that under controlled circumstances i Uh can't do it if the ledge happens to be slippery with you know about half an inch of dust (laughs) and so I, i grab on i pull all the way up i get my head above the lip of the floor and then suddenly my fingers slip right off. (laughs) And I hit the stairs on my back and rolled down the stairs. Or I shouldn't say rolled. I've done this. I slid right on down the stairs. It sounded sounded a little like this. Well... When I injure myself, it sounds like a cartoon. (laughs) So that's exactly what happened. And amazingly, I mean, because everyone, it must have sounded like an earthquake. I'm six foot four, (laughs) 240 pounds, landing on the stairs, sliding down an entire flight of stairs to get to this, and everyone comes running. There I am in a in a in a heap at the bottom of the stairs. Amazingly, I felt yeah. just one minor injury. I felt like I yanked my knee a little bit in the process, and oh, that went cool. away after about twelve or twenty four hours or so. And and now I'm perfectly fine. I fell down Excellent. the stairs and lived to tell the story. I am so glad. <laughs> Several days later, don't I'm worry. I'm so glad. I I will not be doing that again. Good, please don't, please, because we we need you. You're a national treasure. Thank you. But uh, you know, two things I would say about this: one, uh, we're so glad you weren't hurt, and two, Mm. God, we wish we had video. (laughs) 
That's right. All the time. See, here's me. Yeah. This is how sick and weird I am. One of the funniest uh, things in the world to me is seeing someone uh, maybe maybe on a video, maybe on one of those video television programs, America's Funniest right. Videos or something like that. When it comes oh, on and someone falls down, it uh-huh. is endlessly entertaining to me, as long as they're not seriously injured. But I mean, if it's an injury-free fall in one of those videos, I'm laughing with my mouth open, and it's the funniest damn thing to me until until I do it myself. And there was the other day, just bump, 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 it goes, oh, what happened? Oh, it's just Bob being an idiot. I don't know if like America's Funniest Videos or whatever. I sometimes accidentally tune past it and then just tune away as fast <laughs> as I can. I, I don't know if they still accept the faked videos, the ones where people stage the, the stunt oh, or sure whatever they it is. They did, they did for a while. I don't know if they still do. If they do, uh, would you reenact it? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I got to hire one of those stuntmen to do it, though. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try it again. Maybe some uh, protective headgear or something would be uh, in order oh, if please. I tried. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, I will. maybe I will. Maybe I will. As a bonus for our Patreon subscribers, I'll fall down the <laughs> stairs for them. I, I can it's do it on demand. You <laughs> could do. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, getting back into politics here. Kamala Harris uh, sadly has uh, dropped out of the race. She suspended her campaign, just announced yes. it on Twitter just before we started the show. It's it's disappointing. I thought uh, Kamala Harris yeah. had real potential to at least hang on uh, into the, the actual primary season after the primaries actually begin. But I guess, I don't know. I don't know what's causing. Obviously, there's uh, been some issues with her campaign. Maybe it's money. I don't know for sure yet, but... What, yeah, if, what are you what are you hearing? What are you seeing well, as far as her? Uh, you, know, you know, low low poll numbers, which translate yeah. into uh, low donation numbers. And, uh, you know, she had a key campaign official leave. Uh, there have been other, I guess, little problems here and there. It can't be easy doing what she did. I, I will say this about uh, Kamala Harris. I, I enjoyed hearing her speak very much. And I thought she would have handled Donald Trump in a debate extremely well. I think of the candidates. Yeah. I think... Actually, I think Warren and Harris are probably the two most qualified candidates to go head-to-head with Trump in a debate. Yeah, you know, never, I think so. But all other, other factors aside, I think they'd both handle him easily. Yeah. So I admired that very much about her. Uh, and the other thing I'd say about Kamala Harris is, uh, could she be our next attorney general? I hope so. I think she'd be a great attorney general. I know she turned down Barack Obama. I think Obama offered the AG position to, to might, Kamala, maybe she after Eric Holder. Yeah, she might go for it this time. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. Um, if not, I, I hope she stays put in the Senate and gives hell to every goddamn sure. uh, judicial sure. nominee that comes through her uh, her committee, and, and that'll be... Uh, whatever she wants. Yeah, Whatever she yeah. wants, because I, she deserves to be at least in one of those places. Yeah, I hope she somehow participates in the uh, Senate trial. That'd be interesting to see Kamala Harris somehow uh, in there, maybe doing some cross-examinations <laughs> along those lines. Thank you, thank you for mentioning that, because I don't think a lot of people are aware of this is this is one of the little facts that i'm excited about yeah. out of a whole stack of them uh the fact that a lot of people don't realize is uh, these folks from the house who have just conducted this ukraine uh set of hearings in in the impeachment mm-hmm. uh, they they get to now uh, go over to the senate and the same will be true of those of the judiciary committee investigating obstruction in the, in the Mueller investigation uh, all of those folks can then go over to the senate because they, it will be their job to act, these House members will act in the Senate as prosecutors. Yes. While, while the senators sit silently for the trial as the jury. Right. Uh, and that's just one of a million other things that are fascinating uh, that I've learned that are uh, very, very encouraging. And there are some 
uh, some bigger ones than that, certainly, as well. Yeah, actually, that doesn't make sense that uh, Kamala Harris would participate in the prosecution if she's an actual jurist. So I think she's going to stay out of it. But it would be fun to see Kamala Harris uh, prosecuting the impeachment uh, right, in, right. in that forum, in that setting. Uh, that would be really but, entertaining. Yeah. No, knowing will, the way, I mean, she's gone after so many. Didn't she go after? Uh, she went after um, Brett Kavanaugh in those hearings. Yeah. She's uh, great in the hearings. Our questioning is, as a prosecutor, she really shows her skills as a prosecutor yeah. when she questions in those hearings. And like I said, a lot of uh, a, a lot of folks from the House will be over. Uh, to ask questions on her behalf and and behalf of the other senators Again, for the trial. You know, I mentioned this buzz uh, last Tuesday. Uh, you were out. We had T Rex sitting in for you on uh, on yes. Tuesday of last week, and I mentioned to him. You know, it's sometimes we get lost in these campaigns where I think what we often do is judge a candidate based on their campaigning skills and not so much on their qualifications to be president. And I feel like there are so many Democrats who would make outstanding presidents Kamala Harris including and uh, but they are not particularly great at campaigning nationally you know obviously we said Kamala Harris had some issues with her campaign maybe that didn't directly have anything to do with her but there was right. clearly something wrong with her with her, uh, her process maybe. and all of this but she just didn't have the right people I mean yeah. it's, it's who you know there are some yeah. folks who, and you know there are factors of luck and and all sorts of things enter into it that that sort of control your destiny there but I think key is having the right people from the start who have a long range strategy for your campaign. Yeah. Maybe she didn't have that. I don't know. Uh, she was, she got off to a strong start, so it's hard to say what happened there. But it is a shame because uh, she's a, a person worth listening to. And, you know, as I was fighting with the blue hats, with the Yang Gang people, <laughs> I, I was bearing in mind this. And, in fact, I think I reached a detente with one of them uh, oh, good. who was good. fairly prominent in debating me about Andrew Yang on Twitter. And I, I reached the conclusion, and it's not really a conclusion I reached at the time. It's just something I've been carrying along with me, but it, it came up in conversation uh, when I was arguing with those people. And is that, you know, ultimately, we have to be careful what we're saying about the Democratic frontrunners in particular. I have no, oh, I, I have no feeling whatsoever as far as Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang is not a frontrunner. Andrew Yang will not be the nominee in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like as far as the frontrunners go, we have to be careful about the way we criticize them, uh, knowing that in a few months, and it is maybe just a few months, we may have to all be vocally defending that person once they become the presumptive nominee. So we just have to, you know, be a little bit I, diligent yes. in terms of the language that we use on Twitter, especially about criticizing I, some of the other Democrats. I think, I think we should shut the hell up is what I think we should do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good, great with, idea. With, 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 the, with the exception of Marianne Williamson, who I consider <laughs> fair game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why, why, you know, it's all right. You know what you can do? There are ways to quietly support your candidate, and mm. there are positive ways to publicly support your candidate. Yeah. What isn't necessary is bashing someone else's. Why, why, why do we have to do this? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Cheer for your person. Yeah. Donate money to their campaign. 
wish quietly for their success. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wish publicly for their success. But don't go picking on somebody else's candidate. Right. That's just, uh, why? I don't I don't understand the 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 sense of that or the what's the seeming joy in that cruelty. I, I think there are several who kind of fit into that qualification. Tulsi Gabbard, Andrew Yang, Marianne Williamson, we know that. But we also know that Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, or uh, maybe Pete Buttigieg, yep. one of those four is going to be the nominee in, in a few months. And we need to, so. <laughs> yeah, we need to start wrapping our head around that it's, possibility. It's still early, though. I mean, if yeah. you rewind the show by several months, mm-hmm. maybe 10 even, uh, I, I think uh, nine. Uh, I think I, I think I said that uh, you know that I'm going to look at this as a horse race. I'm going to get a seat in the stands. Yep. I'm going to watch the horses run. Some of them, I said, will fall. Some have. Uh, we, so well, some will fall down the stairs. Like wait, well, there I go. <laughs> Not exactly have, like that, but you know they have very long legs. <laughs> and. Uh, and and much to our surprise, some new ones have joined the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I just I'm sitting back. I'm in favor of anybody who is electable who could beat Trump. Yeah. You know who I'm I'm ready to you know unite with other Democrats to to support. And I think most Democrats are too. I think the motivation for most Democrats, and that's the stupid thing about us fighting about the the, the primary candidates, is most Democrats are in agreement. That they're going to vote for whoever is up against Trump. Yeah. Uh, from the Democratic side, and uh, it's not going to. I don't think it's going to be like it was in 2016, where <laughs> you're going to have large groups of people uh, saying, "Well, you know, I'm going to vote for Trump because I'm mad at the Democrats." Uh, people will still be mad at the Democrats, but I think they'll think twice before uh, punching for Trump. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be considerably different this time. Yeah. And the thing with Trump, uh, some of the uh, news that we've heard over the Thanksgiving break further embosses the idea that Donald Trump is an immensely weak incumbent and he knows it, obviously, as part of the uh Republican wagon circling here is that uh, the Georgia Republicans have decided we're not even going to hold a primary. You can't, if you're uh, Joe Walsh or if you're one of the other primary challengers, I forget if Mark Sanford is even still in it, but Bill Weld, I think, is still in it. So if you're Joe Walsh or Bill Weld, don't even bother running in Georgia because we're going to set this up so that Donald Trump, we make sure that Donald Trump is the nominee, you know, because he's such a a formidable incumbent, right? (laughs) So yeah. yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've got to the point where I'm let the Republicans do what they want, and this mm-hmm. is this is one other preview of the good news that I that I think I bring on Thursday. You had posted something uh, yesterday, I think, about forty three percent of Republicans. Oh yeah, uh, believe that a president, if he if a president didn't have checks and balances, he he or she would do a better job as president. That maybe checks and balances, the very foundation of our government, right? Uh, it once removed would give us better presidents. Well, this is a this is a fearful thing, and it goes to what I've always said about the need for civics education and a focus on that mm-hmm. uh, in in schools that obviously has somehow fallen by the wayside. Uh, but uh, we're talking about, uh, now let's just stop and think about, yes, it is very concerning, very sad, very tragic, uh, and uh, a little angering that a segment of the population believes that uh, we'd be fine without checks and balances. Yeah. But, but, but hang on a second. 
we're talking about 43%, less than half, of the Republican voters in this country who comprise 29% of the electorate. So you're telling me that we should be afraid of less than one half of less than a third. If we're going to be fearsome of less than a sixth of the voters, uh, I, I think we allow ourselves to become paralyzed by fear. Yes, this needs to be corrected to the extent it can be. But like I said, I you know fifteen percent of the population is insane. But I I, I think that you know at, at that low a, a percentage, uh, I, I don't think it's anything to to again come out of and say, well, with this we are doomed because we're we're in trouble, mm-hmm. but we're not doomed. Yeah, I don't think we're doomed. Uh, not yet, at least. Uh, I think it's still there's a distinct possibility that we could be doomed and that the doom could land in our laps at any moment, given Donald Trump's erraticism. But the thing with this poll, this Pew poll, that mm-hmm. worried me is I believe the 43 percent of Republicans mm-hmm. who now believe, hey, autocracy is great. Let's have that. First of all, I think that that number would go soft if there was a Democrat in the White House. Those sure. same people would go, no, 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 we need checks exactly. and balances. <laughs> you know, Cult so, of personality. Yeah. It's all about Trump. Yeah, yes. yeah. But in the near term, while there is a Republican in the White House, a Republican uh-huh. who at any moment could go, hey, snap, I'm supreme ruler of the country and you can't <laughs> remove me. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't, we don't know when or if that's even going to happen, but there's always that minor possibility sitting out there. With that as the con- context for all this it seems like uh and i believe this number 43 percent is a plurality and what happens is when there's at least a plurality if not a majority then Uh what happens is the entire party goes along with that idea with that concept where Mm. it it guides yeah it it guides the whole party in terms of how it behaves so they see okay well if it's a majority or a plurality say we want this kind of thing to happen then the whole party will get dragged along whether they agree with that or not just because that's how the republicans function they all rally around each other and they uh they try not to disagree with each other go against each other i i'm not i'm not i'm not sure i i share that last uh conclusion about uh what what a certain percentage believes is then adopted by a larger percentage i i don't know if i buy that i i what i see is that 43 percent of 39 percent uh, think autocracy is okay, yeah. and I just am. I'm I'm kind of busy, and I'm just not going to let that bother me right now. That's it's fine. bad, That's, and yeah. as as I've as I've said before, we need to address uh, civics education in this country, and uh, and and teach about your government again, uh, because obviously that has failed somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but but it's that percentage is not going to stop the rest of us. <laughs> From from pursuing and achieving justice, I just no. refuse to believe that that will be the case. Yes, it's frightening and concerning. As somebody had responded to your post by saying, and, and I'm not sure if they substantiated this or not, but they they claimed that 25 percent of the military also feels uh, that uh, that that you know autocracy would be fine. That a president could serve better if it weren't for that crummy old Congress and, and judiciary <laughs> branch. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, first of all, if that's true, and perhaps that's deeper in the, in the Pew study, uh, but if that is in fact true, uh, again, that's 75% of the military that does not feel that way. And, and what drives me nuts is this 
chicken little Democrat uh, sort of position that, well, if 25% believe this, we're screwed. No, what you fail to notice is that 75% strongly disagree. Yeah. I think the other concern with this poll number is that it jumped from 14%. And that was during Trump's presidency. Yes. So this number yes. has gone and, up. And, the, I mean, I'm talking about the Pew Trump. number about autocracy. Yeah. 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 And it's because of Trump. It's because of the cult of personality. He mm. goes away, and he will. Uh, that, I don't think, will be a problem uh, so much anymore. Well, again, my concern is that if it was 14% two years ago, and now it's 43%, where is it going to be a yes. year from now? And will that yeah. be enough to allow Trump will, to go, hey, you know what? This election's been rigged. I want a complete investigation before I concede. And and those people will all go, yeah, well, great idea. Go ahead, Biff. Have at it. And that's that's my uh, that's my worry. It's not a debilitating worry by any stretch of the imagination. I think we're right, all still right. fighting, but it's enough to make right. us go. Yeah. I, I, I I just think that we have been gaslighted so much. We yeah, are yeah. prone to expect the worst always about everything, and not just like I said that things are bad upon mm. which we all agree, but that things are hopeless. And no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm not going to, I don't buy that, and I'm going to do what I can to squash that when I see it. Yeah, good, good. Because hope is definitely a good thing, especially now, especially when uh, a lot of us do feel like we're, le- you know, we got that sensation of le- perpetually since Trump took office where we feel like we're leaning too far back in our chair and we almost fall over, but we catch ourselves at the last minute. That uneasy, adrenaline, weird, off balance feeling. I think a lot of us feel that way. And it's just, uh, it feels like it. At any time, Donald Trump's going to open up his mouth and push us the rest of the way over backwards. And that's that's been my ongoing emotional yeah. uh, disposition <laughs> in all of this, that off-balance, terrible, terrible feeling. Well, uh, we're, we're in agreement. I, Like I said, I understand yeah, the yeah. pessimism, and we've, we've had some losses. We've had mm-hmm. some battle losses. But I'm not coming from a place of merry sunshine here, I don't think. I'm coming from a place of, uh, I, I've, you know, I've, been able to learn and look at some things that have convinced me that justice will be served here uh, one way or the other uh, and in some surprising ways I don't think people are expecting or considering by the way we've had breaking news uh, as you and I are speaking here uh, it won't be quite as fresh uh, when (laughs) when others hear it but the House Intelligence Committee has released its report uh, which accuses Trump of seeking political gain through Ukraine, uh, and uh, and of course the investigation of Joe Biden and the 2016 Democrats. I'm just looking at headlines here, but we know that that report is now out. It's and out. That Bob, Bob, and I will be reviewing it now. Uh, we're we're going to review it now. Show's over. As as, Good night. <laughs> let's hit pause on the recorder. <laughs> Great it's idea. The button, the button with two bars. <laughs> And uh, we'll be right back. We'll in an be hour back in yeah, seventy-two hours, I think maybe. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, as we digest all of that, we we have a lot more to talk about, especially with regard to uh, Ukraine and the impeachment and everything uh, circulating that. But first, of course, the holiday season is now upon us. It's that time of year again. Uh, family, friends, and everything so conveniently documented on video and photography, except for when I fell down the stairs. Except for that, yeah, yeah I missed that. No, that's not on video. 
<laughs> but I mean, of course, this is capturing every laugh, smile, under eye bag, too. And what was that last part? Under eye bags, wrinkles and crow's feet, of course. Yes, those telltale signs of aging. Who wants those in their holiday cards? Now, now imagine that they're gone, vanished. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive plastic surgery. I'm talking about gone in just a matter of minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in just a matter of minutes. It's exactly what you need to get through the holiday season and beyond. And if you don't believe it, well, you're in good company because I didn't either until I got my Plexiderm here at the house and I gave it a try. Kimberly Johnson tried it too. K-John. K-John tried her Plexiderm. Ten minutes, those fine lines around my eyes were gone. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to face that judgmental family member over the holidays. The best part is (laughs) Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody's going to know you're using it unless you tell them. Get Plexiderm's holiday promotion right here. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL, SEXYLIBERAL, two words, for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today. Use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. The Bob Seska Show. Yeah, you notice that that's not a Christmas song. (laughs) By popular demand, I've decided to play very minimal Christmas music over the next three weeks or so. We'll we'll get to it, but this is nice. It's a nice break. Yeah, this is Mia Montenegro in these clouds from somewhere in between. What I've decided to do instead of holiday music. Uh, coming out of commercials here in the show, I've decided to replay some of my favorite indie songs from the past year that I originally aired on this show. And it's not just any songs. For the entire month of December, as long as we're doing shows, I think uh, three weeks until the uh, Christmas break, uh, I'm going to be playing all of our women musicians. All right. So all of our favorite ladies, uh, all of our favorite uh, female recording artists here on the show for the next uh, few weeks. And we're going to kick things off here with Mia Montenegro and lots more to come. I have lots and lots of favorites. In fact, I'm not going to be able to get to every single one of my favorites because uh, there just ain't time. But uh, So many women, so little time. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, by the way, you can submit your indie music and make sure it's your indie music and not someone else's indie music. BobSeska.com slash music. That's how you do it. There's a form at the bottom of that page. Make sure to read all the instructions and make sure to listen to the indie music countdown. We did a brand new one on Sunday. Uh, all the songs from our November shows all compiled in the form of a uh, of an old school jive radio DJ uh, countdown show. I love it. Yeah. yeah, lots of great songs. In fact, I think this was one of my favorite countdown shows, just based on the musical. Cool. It had nothing to do with me, of course. It was just all about the music. And God, so many great recording artists. All right. Um, I can't wait to hear that one. And if uh, I've heard most of the others. And if you haven't heard this show, you, you must listen. It's a great music show anytime. And now there's a library full of them. And one more note on music. Uh, women artists, if I may. Yeah. Uh, I've got something here I think will make everyone, almost everyone listening, feel old. Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill 
is 25 years old. What the fuck? <laughs> God damn it. That's ridiculous. That is re goddamn ridiculous. Uh, Where did the time go? Yeah. You know, I remember very distinctly working at B104 in Allentown and playing ironic maybe a million times an hour. I mean, we actually superseded the space-time continuum and made sure to get extra airings in on other planes of existence. That's how often we played Alanis Morissette's Ironic on B-104 in 1996. Uh, B-104, Allentown. (laughs) That's right. When I was Stretch Cunningham on the radio. That's not something I'm particularly proud of. Okay, so uh, before we dig into uh, impeachment and the NATO summit and all of that crap, I just want to mention, this is my little uh, sandbox here, my little hobby horse, uh, something that I'm pursuing personally. Seems like me and William Cohan are the only people looking at this crap. But the Dow uh, fell today. Uh, Last I checked, it was more than 400 points after Trump said, again, the Dow moving on something Trump says. He said the trade Mm -hmm. deal with China, 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 may not happen until after 2020. But and yeah. and he was launching trade wars against Argentina and Brazil and and France most of all. But and then on November 18, just a week or two ago, the Dow surpassed 28,000 when Larry Kudlow, his economic mm-hmm. advisor, said that a trade deal was imminent. On November 18, trade deal imminent. Today, Trump says, eh, we're not going to do it until after 2020, after the 2020 election. Fuck him. What the fuck is going on here? And each time, when, uh, of course, when Larry Kudlow spoke up the other week, the Dow jumped above 28,000. I think it uh, jumped by uh, over 200 points in a single day. Today, it's fallen by 400 when Trump completely contradicts that. And I'm telling you, there are billionaires somewhere getting we- even wealthier off of these uh, stock oh, yeah. manipulations. Draining, right? draining the world's economy all at once just for themselves. Yeah. Uh, it, so here's what it, it sounds like to me. Trump and Kudlow are playing with the stock market. <laughs> That's right. I mean, so what happens is before Trump says something that boosts the Dow, uh, you know, it's possible that people he knows, they're taking... Oh, you're play, doing the ping pong sound. I, <laughs> I didn't even... Either that or the roof has a leak. <laughs> so, of course, when he says something good about uh, the China trade deal, the, the Dow goes up. And, of course, I'm pretty certain that right. he's telling people, I'm about to say something great about the... the uh, trade deal make sure to invest now and then when he says something bad about the negotiations with uh china with, with china uh sure he tells people like to go right to, to buy short to buy uh, short positions on stocks because that's <laughs> where you, that's how you make a profit on the dow going down or a set of stocks going down like I, like i said before put it in line with all the other stuff yeah, i know i know yeah, my yeah, god I, it's it, just that's really where that's really where uh house democrats are now is deciding how much to include. I mean, this first hearing tomorrow uh, with the judiciary will mostly be educational yeah. uh, with, with some debate, some discussion uh, among scholars about mm. uh, the meaning of impeachment and how it goes. There won't be any evidence, I don't believe, introduced other than the uh, Intelligence Committee report. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and but, and but and where it goes from there, we, we, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, uh, there's uh, I, one of my other encouragements is that uh, there's great prospect for uh, some witness testimony that we haven't heard up to this point. Yeah, but, you know, let's uh, dig in now to all of that crap because there's a lot more where that came from. Let's do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you oh. have any doubt, it's gonna take him out. 
Ukraine. Ukraine. All right. So well, yeah, I was. I know you had to play that, but I was really hoping for the chipmunks. Because <laughs> I know, I, I know his chipmunks are out with a new impeachment song. Yeah, I know, and I I do <laughs> intend to get to that at some. Maybe not today, but certainly sometime soon. We will be here. All right. A lot of about Ukraine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I was going to say about the Judiciary Committee's first impeachment hearing tomorrow, we're going right. to be hearing from a bunch of constitutional scholars. Right, <laughs> and, right. Oh. And my concern, and it, it, this is not yeah. my personal concern, this is going to be the it. approach that a lot of people are going to have observing yep. tomorrow's hearings. Not enough I pizzazz. Know. Not enough pizzazz from yes. those constitutional boring. scholars. Boring. I'm afraid people are going to tune in and, and find it boring. I will be listening, I think. I, I do find it interesting. I have to be working. Uh, but but uh, I'm waiting for the evidence, I think, as a lot of people yeah. are. It'll be interesting to see what the viewership is like tomorrow and what the response is. But it is damaging to the cause to come away from a day with everybody going, meh. You know, and uh, so I'm, I'm sorry to see. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm sorry to see it happen. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it and, uh, uh, you know, uh, certainly watch for that. But uh, there's only so much pizzazz constitutional <laughs> professors can bring to a hearing like that. Just get ready to be pissed off by the reaction. The chrysalises yeah, uh, right. of the world are going to be like, Where, right. where's all the except? Where are the fireworks? This has been a loss for the Democrats, you know, because they're talking about knowledge and the Constitution, things like right. that that don't have the zing. That, In the uh, age of anti-intellectualism. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Well, meanwhile, on the Senate side, the Senate Intelligence Committee found no evidence that Ukraine attempted to interfere in the 2016 election. Contrad- and this is the bipartisan, Republican-led Senate Intelligence Committee, um, where, yeah, everything is being done almost uh, to the word in a bipartisan way. It's kind of amazing to behold what's happening over there, which is why it's confounding me that Richard Burr, who's the chairman of that committee, has been hinting at, well, maybe you, maybe there's something about Ukraine there. Maybe they did something. Well, his own goddamn committee said no. His own goddamn committee said there was nothing that uh, Ukraine did to interfere in the 2016 election. They're not doing it in the 2020 election either. There's nothing going on, nothing to do with Ukraine. This is entirely about Russia. Russia, 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 and no one but Russia. And so that's There's a little bit of the uh, contradictions that we're hearing in the Republican Party on display we, right there. We we know good things about Richard Burr, and, and I understand what you're observing here. Here's my theory on that. It's just mm. a theory, but... Uh, there is, I believe, a spoken or unspoken agreement between Trump and Democrats, or Trump and Republicans, rather. Have you noticed that Trump has not bad-mouthed any Republicans, any congressional Republicans lately? Interesting. Because yeah, you're right about that. He I hasn't. And, and they are all towing the line, yeah. some of them more fervently than others. Mm. I, you know, I get the impression Burr's uh, remarks were not that strong. Uh, there have been other Republican lawmakers whose remarks have not been that strong it's like okay we're saying this for now because we have to if anybody can rise above that i believe richard burr is one of those people yeah uh so it's and and i'm also interested in the uh, senate finance committee i believe uh led by republicans uh but they're open arm with open arms listening and talking to the whistleblower the irs whistleblower uh, and I'm I'm very surprised at, at that, and uh, a little bit encouraged by it because yeah. I see 
I, and, and it's a bipartisan thing that's happening there too. And so that, that's something, see, this is what I'm saying. There are little cracks here and there. Mm -hmm. This thing, this, this Senate opposition isn't perfect and it is subject to, I don't care what line they're all towing now. Richard Nixon had the com almost complete support of the Republican Senate or of the Republicans in Congress. Uh, and then he didn't. Yeah. And the same the same thing can happen here, as unlikely mm -hmm. as that seems, despite the cult of personality surrounding Donald Trump. And, and there will be those who will go down with the ship, who will go down with him, probably more this time than did with, with Nixon. But uh, they don't have a very strong house over there, and they certainly don't have a strong. Yeah, a, they don't have a very. They don't have a very strong case. So yeah, yeah. you know, you don't know how. And and they're all going to be subject to that uh, very flexible public opinion. What do you think of this theory, Buzz? That uh, what the Republicans are doing, even members of the Trump administration, people inside the White House, they're doing. They're yeah. saying one thing publicly to assuage mm -hmm. their audience of one, which is Trump They himself. have to. Yeah. They have to, to avoid beaten up by Trump and avoid getting beaten up by voters, yes. That's right, that's right. And then right. behind the scenes, they're doing all the uh -huh. stuff that they kind of should be doing, which is what we've right. been seeing on display in the Senate right. Intelligence Committee. I mean, don't forget, the Senate Intelligence Committee, Richard Burr himself, Republican Richard Burr, stood in front of uh, reporters and microphones and, and video yes. cameras and, and said, we have been able to verify significant portions of the Steele dossier up to a certain point. There was a certain point right. where they got stymied a little bit and they couldn't keep mm -hmm. pursuing it. Mm -hmm. But he actually confirmed, and this is, again, it's not yes. the whole thing, but it's the, the strange thing about it is we're talking about the Republican chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee saying, yeah, we were able to verify some of the Steele dossier. What do you want? And, <laughs> it is, it's and, kind of an amazing thing. He's, he's expressed other concerns, too. Uh, I, I found him to be surprisingly fair yeah. uh, when, when that committee was most active on, on that subject. Right. Uh, so and, and there are others. I, there are a half dozen others. Uh, it'll be interesting, but they'll all bend to public opinion. Uh, this this show ain't over yet. No. Like I said, Nixon had uh, near unanimous support too until he didn't, <laughs> and 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 that's another message I would carry to the to the doomsayers, to the chicken little Democrat. Richard Burr said uh, upon release of this information, he said, "I don't think anybody interfered in the same way Russia did," which kind of leaves a little right. bit of a door open. Right. But again, I think he's performing for that audience of one. I think a lot right, of Republicans right. are doing that he's right now. He's just trying to keep the peace. He's yeah, just trying. Yeah. To keep the peace while, like you said, he goes about his work, which I believe he's one of those guys who, you know, started out as a debate geek and, and ended up here and has this love and respect for the system. Yeah. Something uh, neither a Donald Trump nor an Andrew Yang can have. Well, here's the downside of that strategy buzz is the fact that uh, what they say publicly isn't just going to Trump. It's actually going to Trump's supporters, too. And then yes. they begin to think the way this public image of of how they're behaving this public idea that they're presenting as being unified around trump then they pick that the voters pick up on that and then they're more unified and then what happens is they have no choice they have built a monster in the process of, of pandering to donald trump if in fact they are pandering and they're not genuine about their uh unity with donald trump so what happens is ultimately that fakery whatever however they may be trying to pander to Donald Trump suddenly becomes goes from being just words to Republican fact. And it's a reminder of the importance of leadership. You know, I, yeah. I criticized uh, Nancy Pelosi here for not showing leadership 
when she felt that there wasn't enough public support to launch impeachment. She yeah. just didn't didn't think the numbers were right. The public right. was against it. She kept quoting Lincoln on that. And and I was saying, no, it's your job here to lead. And I would say the same thing to the Republicans now. Uh, I, I think there's a way that Republicans, uh, they don't want to, they won't, but there is a way that they could show leadership uh, by by giving this investigation at least some credibility, yeah, uh, it, you know, it, 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 we the Senate got uh, briefed on on the FBI's uh, the origins of the Mueller investigation and how the FBI was not politically biased and all of this, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they Joe Kennedy uh, is out there pushing the Ukraine theory and saying, oh, I didn't get that briefing. <laughs> You know, because, idiot. because because they're refusing to even open the books. He's one of the guys who does not take seriously what he does. Uh, not like a Richard Burr. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, me, I mean, meanwhile, we have this uh, information that came out. Ju- I think it was the day before Thanksgiving. So we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. But this all dovetails nicely with the release of this report. Um, right. That uh, the September 9th call. Remember that in Gordon Sondland's testimony? <laughs> oh, you mean the one that didn't happen. The one that didn't happen, exactly right. The one that <laughs> Donald Trump wrote notes about and went out to do yes. chopper talk with his scribbled right. notes, by the way, in which he misspelled Zelensky, but in a way that no one else is misspelling it. He he misspelled <laughs> right. it with two well, L's, uh, two L's for some reason. That's that's on Hope Hicks, <laughs> former. And I don't, I don't know how it is she came to write this card because she's the former White House communications director. I don't know what her gig is now, yeah. but it was Hope Hicks who wrote that card in big black magic marker letters for Trump to read to take really? out to reporters. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the background and origin of that. Wow, she, she has handwriting she, that looks just like Trump's. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's according to the my sources, that's yeah, that's what happened. Uh, wow, wow. So I mean the September 9th call itself was yeah, the call right. that Gordon Sondland testified about, said that it happened early in the morning, Trump was grumpy. Uh previously Sondland had been texting with Bill Taylor. Bill Taylor said, It's uh-huh. crazy to try this trade military aid for help with the election. That's crazy talk. And then there was nothing in reply from Gordon Sondland. Meanwhile, as he testified, he talked to Donald Trump uh, several hours later, early in the morning, and then texted back to Bill Taylor to say, "Uh, no more talking over text. Don't put this in print anymore. And also, no quid pro quo, no quid pro quo. But that call never happened. The the call with Donald Trump that happened in between those two texts apparently happened on a different day it happened two days two days earlier right right. yeah on september 7th uh he -hmm. spoke to sondland uh, and told the ambassador that trump spoke to sondland told the ambassador there was no quid pro quo which in all likelihood was a cover your ass move intended to counterbalance the fact that in that same call in the september 7th call we know Uh this now trump actually described the extortion yes. of Ukraine on that same right. September 7th call, a bit of information that we didn't get about this non-existent September 9th call. So exactly this for again, Donald Trump's main argument coming out of the Sondland testimony was I said I wanted nothing. I said I didn't want a quid pro right. quo, right. but that call never happened. So, in fact, those words may have never been spoken. Meanwhile, we also found out. And again, this is right before the Thanksgiving break that Donald Trump knew about the existence of the whistleblower in August. So even before, even if we move that call from September 9th back to September 7th, 
Mm-hmm. That means that even on September 7, Donald Trump knew the whistleblower existed. And so therefore, right. anything that he may have said about no quid pro quo in the September 7 call was right. probably, again, as I said, an ass-covering move. The cover-up and process, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he said, he said here's the quid, basically he said, here's the quid pro quo, and then said, there's no quid pro quo. So <laughs> it, that, that right. gave Sondland an opportunity. But that September 9th call that didn't happen would have had to have occurred at or before 6 a.m. Trump but didn't, hadn't, didn't tweet for another hour after that. Uh, yeah. And Sondland had always said he was always afraid to call the president, uh, especially before, say, 7.30 yeah. Eastern time in the morning. So uh, it, this would have been an very and, – and, oh, yeah, one more thing. There's no White House switchboard record of the call. <laughs> Yeah, that's because it was probably to Trump's cell phone. He's apparently got several cell phones that he rotates through on a routine basis. He gets, uh, I'm not going to use that one. I'm going to use this other one. And I don't know why that is. It makes me think again of Tony Soprano. (laughs) It's like a mob move. Sondland always called through the switchboard. He never, he never, I don't know if he even has Trump's cell phone number. He always called through the switchboard. Well, it may have been the Trump called Sondland. It may have been the reverse of those two things for the September 7 call. I'm not exactly sure on who called whom, but uh, uh, the way it happened, as you said, there is no record of the phone call. So we don't know that even the September 7th call happened, but we do have verification (laughs) from both Sondland because Sondland verified the September 7th call under questioning by Adam Schiff. And and there are witnesses. Yeah, Yeah, witnesses have testified to yeah, well, Tim Morrison said that he, yeah, that Sondland went right. up and told him. He's right after the September 7th call that Sondland mentioned it to, to Tim Morrison, and that's when Tim Morrison went to the lawyers and right. <laughs> said, here's what, right. this is bad. I need to report this to you because it's really, really bad. And so uh, that was uh, apparently later in the day on September 7th. All right, you know what? We're way late for a break. we got to take one last break, <laughs> and uh, we'll come back with more of this crap right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am in charge of a delicate soul. We swept each other off our own feet. We got our nose to the grindstone, baby, and when we bang, we bang to the now, this is uh, Betsy Aid, who was on The Voice. She was on uh, Team John Legend on The Voice. And this is her band, uh, well-known Stranger Sidewalk, going back to our March shows, our March episodes in the March Indie Music Countdown. By the way, this is from the album uh, Path Away. And God damn it, always pulse-pounding. 
every single time I hear this. It's like adrenaline. So awesome. Nice. So I'm getting chills. I swear to God. <laughs> the goosebumps. Okay. Um, Buzz, what did you think of this? And, of course, the uh, the hair stood up on the back of my neck when I read this story because I'm thinking, oh, man, my spidey sense was tingling at this point. This former Deutsche Bank executive who uh, handled some of Trump's loans committed suicide. And I'm putting... Oh, I making, have not seen that. I'm making dick quotes with my fingers, as I say. Suicide. Uh, because it seems really hanky to me. <laughs> it just it, it seems in keeping with all the shit that we've observed, whether it's Jeffrey Epstein or uh, just the, the ongoing cover-up that's going on, Trump's desperation to keep his documents uh, from public view. Uh, but yeah, this happened the other day. This is, uh, oh yeah, from the 27th, uh, this came down. Former Deutsche Bank executive who oversaw Trump's loans dies by suicide. His name is Thomas Bowers. He's identified as a former Deutsche Bank executive. Signed off on controversial loans to uh, Donald Trump. Died last week after apparently taking his own life at age 55. Another source who has knowledge of uh, Deutsche Bank's internal structure said that Bowers would have been the gatekeeper for financial documents for the bank's wealthiest customers. Wow. And, of course, I give the side eye right over to Vladimir Putin whenever I see stuff like this. I don't. I hate to get too conspiratorial with this crap, but I feel like we can't underestimate Trump's villainy. It's- it you know it, it's uh, a human life has been lost here. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it was because of you know uh, Deutsche Bank has repeatedly been under investigation for Russian money laundering. Mm. I, I don't. How, however, I don't know uh, if this guy would have ever even been called to testify in a criminal proceeding uh, because. Uh, he isn't necessary to get those documents uh, yeah. by by subpoena. Uh, whether he were alive or not, uh, those those documents would be gotten. So I, I, you know, as tragic as the loss is, and and did he do it because, uh, or, you know, was was he murdered? Did he did he? Which is of course sinister and would have to be investigated. But uh, you know, until I hear otherwise from investigators. I'm going to go with the official account yeah. of, of what happened there. And there are any number of reasons. Maybe he did fear having to testify. Maybe he did fear going to prison. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it was something yeah. having to do with his wife. You know, we, we just don't have any idea. And it is easy in, in this day and age when we have been gaslighted so much, I think, to uh, be, uh, you know, to, to be very wary of, of anything we see. And, and certainly you should be. I've always said it, it's great to be uh, skeptical. It's bad to be cynical. Uh, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and I think so. I, I think it's OK to be skeptical about something. But I, I don't know that it would be okay to make up your mind uh, about it based on what's gone before. Yeah, not a bad thought to, to bear in mind. And, you know, with me, I just feel like when I see a news story like this, I, appro- I try to approach it with my eyes wide open. Um, knowing what we know about Donald Trump, knowing what we know about some of the people he associates with, and I'm talking about dirty people, people who are not um, immune right. from uh, committing crimes in pursuit of whatever goals they have, uh, especially when it comes to people like Vladimir Putin and his intelligence services who have been uh, proved to go around uh, uh, assassinating people, maybe even doing it in a, in a way that looks like suicide. So I'm not saying that it necessarily is. I'm just saying... 
probably a good idea to keep your eyes open on this. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I know we are days, hours, minutes away from uh, the indictment yeah. of Rudy Giuliani. And wow. um, and perhaps probably others. In fact, I based on the way the uh, uh, indictment has been expanded, probably others. Maybe this guy was one of the others, and maybe uh, this was a way he chose to go out, or as you suggested, perhaps someone wanted to make sure he didn't cooperate yeah. with that investigation. Yeah. Well, I mean, and but again, this we is don't know. A- or 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 he could have had a fight with his wife. You know, we uh, an ongoing fight with his wife. Yeah. You know, well. But, felt hopeless. Uh, uh, that is, by the way, uh, one of the most common ages. Uh, I think there are more uh, adult males at age 55 who commit suicide than there are teenage girls wow. who take their own lives. Uh, that's a very common age for suicide, and we don't know what caused it, if that's what it was. Well, Jesus, it's uh, about six days in, in advance, the suicide I'm talking about, six days in advance of this bit of news that came down uh, today, in fact. The Second uh, Circuit Court of Appeals ruled today that Deutsche Bank and Capital One have to comply with a congressional subpoena right. for uh, Trump's financial records. And again, this is something that's probably going to get appealed to the Supreme Court. We don't know how that's going to play out, whether the Supreme Court will even hear this case uh, or whether it's going to make a blanket ruling on all all this crap using just the Mazars uh, suit. The court had uh, had already two cases before them, and, and yeah. this gives them a third. Uh, and uh, they were already leaning toward uh, r- ruling on this. These lawsuits are all very sim- mostly very similar, mm. uh, and most of them. Uh, this is interesting. Are not subpoenas of the president, and uh, not subpoenas to the president. They're subpoenas to financial institutions and accounting firms banks and accounting firms and so uh, the argument that there's a presidential privilege that that a bank can have presidential privilege that an accounting firm can have executive privilege uh, that's not holding up very well in court so far and um, golly kids i just don't see i i just don't see the supreme court uh, ruling any other way than than all of the the appeals courts have done unanimously yeah, yeah. I, I I hope you're right about that. I, I'm not entirely confident, but I do feel like <laughs> there that John Roberts is going to uh, keep a close eye on his own legacy and all this. And I don't think he wants to go down in history. I don't think, quite That's honestly, key. anyone of reputation yeah. wants to go down in history and as being a Trump flack, you know. For all we know, there may be one other conservative on the bench who who feels the same way. Uh, you know, again, keep an eye on this. This is a bigger than usual question. This isn't about abortion or gun rights or or, or business over humans mm-hmm. because we know how the court would rule on those things. Yeah. This is the Constitution, and again, these were geeks. You know, they got into this <laughs> with a love of this, and uh, I just, I don't know, I just don't see it happening between uh, what you said about Roberts uh, and the fact that there may be others who are pliable. Uh, and the responsibility that they all feel, I, I've, I'm going to have to side on the side of positivity again. <laughs> well, good. I, you know, I'm really glad to hear that uh, because uh, here's another bit of uh, possibly harrowing news, which is that uh, oh, sure. B- Bill Barr <laughs> is already contesting the yeah, findings right. of the Inspector General of the Justice Department, Michael Horowitz, who's got his uh, report that's about to come out uh, maybe uh-huh. in, a, in about a week. Is it about a week from now? I think it's due to, to drop. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Monday, I believe. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And apparently this report says that there wasn't really any 
any hanky activities, any hanky-panky going on behind the scenes when it comes to uh, pursuing the Russia investigation. And I think Bill Barr may pull one of his Barr memo stunts, one of his letter-writing stunts that he did with uh, the Mueller report. Possibly. Yeah. And and here's, I'm pleased to bring you this. If he does that, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Uh, <laughs> I hope. And, and uh, no, here's the deal. Uh, the inspector general, Michael Horowitz, is expected to testify soon for the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment hearings. Oh, wow. And, and, and although Barr can write an opinion about that report, and although he can speak publicly uh, to criticize that report, he is not allowed to make any changes in that report or order that anyone make changes in that report. Uh, and then the inspector general, with his un affected report uh will then take this to congress to testify yeah. so again who cares what i mean it's yes again this is just like the other thing it's frightening uh, on the surface of it it's a very bad thing we certainly wouldn't want a thing like this to take hold bill barr is the most dangerous attorney general we've ever had you have my complete agreement on all of these things i'm here to tell you he ain't getting anywhere with it it, it just it, it's not gonna work it's uh, horowitz is going to speak to congress uh, the country is going to hear it and uh, you know they'll also hear Barr. But uh, as I've also been saying over the last day or so, uh, we have to continue to get our story out there, uh, which we believe to be the truth. Yeah, you know, I don't quite know what to make of this bit of news, too. On top of all of that is that uh, the spokesman for the Justice Department, Kerry Kupek, said uh, that the inspector general investigation is a credit, this is a direct quote, a credit to the Department of Justice. His excellent work has uncovered yes. significant information that the American people will soon be able to read for themselves. Rather than right. speculating, people should read the report for themselves next week, watch the Inspector General's testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and draw their yes. own conclusions about these important matters. Seems a little different than what her boss, the Attorney General, had to say, don't right. you think? I yeah, so everybody everybody with me, screw Bill Barr. <laughs> screw Bill Barr. Screw Bill Barr. Screw Bill, yeah, Bill Barr. Uh, okay. Well, you know, we have uh, lots more to cover here. Lots more territory <laughs> that we didn't get to here in the free portion of the show. So we're going to bump that right on over to our post-mortem show, which happens cool. to be on our, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash show, or just go to bobseskashow.com. Or, by the way, you can always just click the all-caps Patreon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Make sure to use our Amazon link to go shopping for the holiday season, and we get a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thank you for doing that. And, of course, Buzz Burbank news and comment the best hour of news you can hear all week this week it'll be close to seven or nine hours i'm predicting <laughs> i don't know well i don't know we'll see Buzz how, how long i can type before i collapse <laughs> Realmnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts for Buzz Burbank news and comment. Make sure to subscribe. Five-star rating and review while you're at it. Thank you for doing that. Same yeah. goes for all of our sexy liberal shows, the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network at sexyliberal.com, including this show, yeah. Stephanie Miller's show, Jody Hamilton's show, uh, John Fulisang's show, Frangela's show, Rude Pundit's show, and so many more. Again, that's sexyliberal.com. Uh, Five-star rating and reviews for everybody there, too. All right, that's yeah. the show. We will see you over on the Postmortem Show. Uh, and that's it. I think we're going to talk about a little bit of Facebook and a Facebook alternative that some of us are migrating over to. So we're going to discuss that and a lot more. So stay Before tuned. The for report on Russia and President. Wait, what Trump is that? What is that? What, what is going on? Oh my God! Wow. Autoplay video right at the end of the show. You know, damn it! <laughs> damn you, advertisers! I I can't hear it. Let's pretend it never happened. <laughs> okay.
Okay. <laughs> Take care, folks. See oh, Cliff Schechter on the interview show tomorrow, so stay tuned for yeah. that, too. Take it easy, folks. Bye-bye. Let's face it, hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, listeners to the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.